welcome to Breaking Barriers with the Managed Services Community, a podcast that features MSP space and interviews with members of the CompTIA Managed Services Community. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining the CompTIA Managed Services Community Podcast, Breaking Barriers the podcast dedicated to helping managed service providers break through all sorts of barriers to growth that you may be experiencing in your business. My name is Amy Hodge. I'm the Vice Chair of the CompTIA Managed Services Community Executive Council and your host for this session. I'm joined today by a super well-respected and well-known veteran in the MSP community, Rob Ray. Rob is not only the Vice President of Business Development at Datto, but he is also a veteran member of the CompTIA Managed Services Executive Council, a current member of the CompTIA Channel Advisory Board, and a longtime volunteer leader throughout all CompTIA. So thanks for joining us today, Rob. We're really lucky to have you. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Sure. So today we're going to talk about ransomware. And um, it's very, very timely because Datto just released for the third year in the row, I believe, a very telling, very informative research report, um, actually one that I think every MSP needs to read, and it's their state of the channel ransomware report. Um, And Rob's gonna help us unpack some of the key findings in that report. So um, thanks again, Rob. And first off, would you tell us a little bit about this report, sort of where the research came from and why Datto offers this report each year? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, ransomware obviously has been uh, a significant epidemic uh, within the actual end user community, specifically in the SMB community. Um, unfortunately, the media tends not to pay too much attention to the small medium businesses that are getting attacked. Instead, the publicity or, or the uh, kind of in the news that's actually hitting is, is more talking about the larger organizations that are out there, which is good because you don't necessarily want your name put out there saying that you have security flaws, but bad from the perspective that the SMB market doesn't really get enough attention when it comes to uh, this epidemic. Add in um, that managed service providers are becoming more and more of a thing within the SMB community. More and more small, medium businesses uh, around the world are outsourcing their IT. Now, all of a sudden, things like ransomware, not only detection, but ransomware recovery uh, are things that are super important to the MSP community. Uh, The other great part about that is it's also a great opportunity for the managed services uh, community to actually go and have conversations about things like security and ransomware with end users. So knowledge is power. So one of the things that we started doing a number of years ago, because when you're coming up with a whole plan of attack around preventing um, ransomware is, you know, you have to have your anti-spam, your anti-malware, your anti-virus. Well, uh, when all that fails, and and it does, uh, then you need to have proper backups in place, backups that you can recover from. So it's all part of what Datto's legacy product is, is, is all part of this whole kind of solution uh, to, to really encircle the ultimate end user and protect them and, and be able to recover. So what we, what we like to do is we like to create assets for the channel, not just for data partners, but for the channel as a whole, to be able to go and leverage from a sales and marketing perspective to help them tell stories, to help them tell a better message so they can ultimately get more end users interested in, their, in outsourcing their IT and, and really having solution providers come on and help. And 
One of those, of course, has been this ransomware report. Really, you know, everybody's reporting on it, but nobody was doing really any good kind of study on it. So we started, like you mentioned, three years ago, uh, and we've been building momentum and doing some benchmarking since then. This year's report uh, was completed by 2,200 MSPs, managed service providers from all over the world. So we have data for our UK market, we have data for Canada, we have data for Australia, um, obviously for the US market. Uh, and then what we did was uh, we um, basically just surveyed them on what, how they believe or what they're seeing in the managed services market. Uh, it's now the largest, most comprehensive ransomware report in the channel. Uh, and then what we do is we give this report out for free and it's white labeled so you can add your own logos, you can add your own colors and, and brands, you can, you can even edit some of the way in which it appears, it's very easy to read. Uh, and then you can use this as an asset to get your ultimate end users interested in your managed services offer. So uh, that's ultimately the goal of it is to create enough good data that you can uh, create enough education and really become that subject matter expert to your, to your ultimate end users in your communities. That's awesome. I love that. I love that this is a tool that an, an MSP can use to lead into a security uh, discussion, right, and sort of create an entire message. And I also love the way you talked about building stories. I think that's so important as um, an approach to sales that I think MSPs are fairly comfortable with, you know, not necessarily the hard-driving salesperson, but these realistic and um, very relevant stories around the solutions. And I love that. I think that's great that you guys offer that. CompTIA benefits provide members with a wealth of resources that when leveraged result in measurable impact, helping to grow IT businesses and careers. Become a member today at comptia.org register. So from the findings that, um, you know, we're going to unpack some of these findings, how are we doing today? Can you sort of give us a high-level overview of what's the current state of ransomware? What are MSPs facing today? And maybe how does that compare to previous years? Yeah, absolutely. So, so high-level view, if we're looking at it kind of holistically, overall, like we look at a couple of different things. Um, we look at number of incidents, and, and number of incidents is not going down. In fact, it's actually still increasing. So a lot, of, a lot of vendors, a lot of organizations, a lot of um, um, channel kind of uh, information that's been put out there has been around security and ransomware for the last number of years. It's to the point where, you know, you can't go into a conference without hearing ransomware at least a dozen times. And for us, uh, especially those that are, you know, kind of going to these conferences and, and reading online about, you know, channel education stuff, you can maybe get a little tired of it. Uh, it's almost too much messaging. There's almost too many people trying to leverage ransomware as a thing. But in all honesty, it's not going away. It hasn't slowed down. It's still actually uh, one of the fastest growing areas of concern. It's a great door opener for security. So, you know, I guess there's good news, bad news. Good news is, is that, you know, with the, the opportunity is still very much there. The bad news is we're still going to hear and continue to hear about ransomware for a while because it is still very, very much a thing. Um, the other thing that's kind of changed a little bit over the years is now we're starting to see regulations and, and real uh, issues uh, around reporting and breach, uh, breach um, uh, reporting. You know, there's, there's GDPR, which you might be familiar with if you're doing any business in Europe. Uh, you don't have to be in Europe, but even if you have 
or storing any European data in a database, regardless of where you are, you fall under GDPR regulations. Well, GDPR regulations include things like malware and loss of data and breach of data and security, and there's certain rules that you have to now follow or get penalized should you lose uh, a, a person's data. Canada has come up with new CASA laws where if you get, uh, you get a data breach, lose data, or even get a ransom attack, you must report it to the federal government. And if you do not, uh, there's a penalty. If uh, you do report it to the federal government, then the government is the one that decides whether you go public with that information or not. So it's also ultimately the government's deciding whether you tell your ultimate end users that you have security flaws. And you know, that, that could be a really bad situation for a small business. Australia is doing the same thing with its, uh, with its essential aid. California just came out with some very specific rules around this that kind of mimic a lot of what we saw in, in Australia. So th what's changed is, is, is that there's a lot more uh, penalties that are gonna start happening. There's a lot more teeth in it than there was before, where before it was just, hey, you're gonna suffer downtime and it's gonna suck. Now it's you're gonna suffer downtime, it's gonna suck, and the government's telling you, you have to tell all your customers that you suck. And that's where it, it ultimately becomes a little more, oh God, just outsource this, get an MSP in here, let's get this all fixed. Yeah, which is ultimately sort of what we want to happen. Um, one mm -hmm. of the statistics I know that was brought up was only about a quarter of the tax are, attacks are actually reported. So I think it will be interesting to see how the regulations actually affect your report and your findings next year. Um, but what are there, are there any specific actions that MSPs need to take? Because of course there's an implication in their own business, right, for mm -hmm. ransomware, but then what should they be saying to their end customer? Um, how do they bring up these laws in a way that, that will really get the customer to take action? Right. I think that there's, uh, and it, it's, when I do presentations, because you know I travel around the world doing presentations, um, when I do presentations, I will bring out, even in the United States, I'll bring out that Australian report. Because uh, what the Aussies have started doing is that came into law, I want to say in March. And they've already had two uh, reports, because they do a quarterly report out of not the names of the companies, but they do a quarterly report out of um, the different types of incidences, what was caused, how many of them were, that kind of thing. So what they're doing is now building a database full of trending data to see you know, what's getting worse. Is it malware? Is it ransomware? Is it spam? Where is it coming from? Is it malicious uh, employees? Or is it literally hackers? Is it spear phishing? So there's, there's some really good data that's being started, starting to be produced um, and ultimately that's coming from the end user. But I'll bring that report out and show it to an American audience. Now, why do I do that? I do that because this is what the future of what we're going to be seeing in the United States is going to look like. Because you have countries around the world that have developed policies that are working, um, that have teeth in them. And when the United States overall, whether it's federally or state by state, finally gets its act together and decides we need something like this, we need to punish those that are, are supposed to be protecting this data and not doing it properly, when they finally do come out with some of the laws, it's going to look like what they're doing in other parts of the world. So when you bring out the GDPR Australia, although you might be living in Little Rock, Arkansas, and you don't really care what's happening in Australia, this is kind of a glimpse as to what the future is gonna look like for you. So let's get our act together now. Let's get everything in line so when the laws do change, you don't need to worry about this stuff. Not only that, but it's the right thing to do. 
just overall, like nobody wants to get attacked. Nobody wants, I mean, this is, this is pure, pure extortion. You know, nobody wants to be extorted. And again, you know, going back to your comment, like a lot of these are not reported in the news and it's, there's a couple different reasons why is, is, uh, is a, like it's too small, you know, they're interested in, in the Equifaxes and the Ubers and, you know, the Ashley Madison's, those are big stories, companies they've ever no, heard of, but you know, Paul's coffee shop or, you know, whoever's flower shop, you know, you don't hear about that because it's not really of interest, nor do these small businesses want anybody to know. And the amounts mm-hmm. are relatively small. So a lot of times the end user will just pay the amount quietly and, and hope that nobody notices. But, you know, obviously there's issues around that. And then mm-hmm. there's another piece in the report that we've seen multiple attacks on the same environment. And, and again, the correlation I draw there is, you know, you go back to the days when, uh, you know, the mob used to go, you know, door to door for small businesses and say, you know, $100 this month and your building won't burn down kind of idea. And then they just come back the next month and the next month and the next month. And the small business owner really doesn't have a choice but to, to pay these extortion fees. Well, this is cyber extortion. It's exactly the same thing. And once you pay that, then people are coming back. And we are seeing, and it flushed out in the report, uh, more and more attacks on the same environment. And it's it's, uh, I mean, these are all wonderful things, like you said, for MSPs. These are all wonderful things, but you have to get out there as an MSP and tell that story and tell those stories. Yeah. yeah. I think that is important. And I love the way that you describe it because it's so important. And the, the words like extortion and likening it to the mob is very, very true and very real. And this is a real big issue. And I know on your webinar that um, you mentioned, or that it was mentioned, um, fear-mongering was brought up. And, you know, I know the challenges is a lot of MSPs feel very strongly about this, that it's wrong and they want to protect their customers. But, you know, some people just don't like to, sh- to sell on fear. So are, do you have any advice for those MSPs? Like, are there any tools they can use? I mean, it is important enough. and. And I know that they feel strongly, but I also get the desire to not necessarily play on emotions when they're selling. So anything you, you, any advice you can share there? Yeah. So I, I hear this, I hear this all the time. Okay. Is, is don't sell on fear. Um, there's a problem with that. And the problem that I have with that is that as human beings, every decision that we make in our lives is actually decided baseline is fear. If you break it all the way down to why we do something or don't do something, the baseline is fear. So it's the ultimate motivator for every decision that we make. Now, that being said, there's a difference between going out there and kind of using scare tactics to say, you know, the world is going to fall apart and and you're going to go with it. Um, Sure, there's a certain way where you can um, talk about what's scary that's out there, but you can also bring it back and go, but there are ways to protect yourself. Your house could get broken into. You could lose all of your stuff. Your family could be at harm. But if you had a security system and took certain precautions and locked your doors, you're going to be more safe than if, you know, something else than by not having those things. So it's almost this, um, this way of, of just talking to the end user and going, look, there are solutions to this. You're choosing not to have the security system is in place, which means you're adding more risk to what it is that you're doing. So I don't, I don't necessarily, I'm not from the school of don't use fear. I'm from the school of use fear, but show them the options that you can alleviate their fear with. And as long as we have a solution to that, 
I have no issues using fear as a, as a tactic. As a matter of fact, it's a great tactic and an ultimate motivator. You just don't want to be a jerk about it. Yeah, yeah. I love the way that you differentiate between, you know, using fear and scare tactics, right? Scare tactics mm -hmm. are really, I think they're directly um, playing on the emotions, but um, this report is a great example, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, of, of those stories. And that is mm -hmm. so important, what you're saying, is to share the stories, share stories of maybe um, the end result being positive and share stories of the end result being negative to sort of give that, um, that stark contrast in what possibly could be. Um, yeah. Now, I want to shift gears real quick because one thing that I heard, and actually I think there was a whole page or maybe two pages in the report that talked about um, one of the biggest uh, threats are actually people and that mm -hmm. education is key and that threats mm -hmm. can often be prevented by changing the behavior of people. It's not necessarily a technology issue, it's also a person and a behavior issue. So um, on that field, what does this look like in an MSP business? How do they take that and incorporate it? So people are the greatest weakness of any organization when it comes to technology, period. I mean, that's just, that's just it. Um, I joined Datto uh, five years ago, Datto's backup and disaster recovery company. So when I joined, you know, they said, go and, go and talk about this stuff. So immediately you start thinking disaster recovery. What if you have a fire? What if you have a flood? You know, and we can tell those stories all day long, but when you actually look at what we do as an organization, and all backup companies are the same, um, you're recovering data, or at least for us, 97% of the time has got nothing to do with a natural disaster. 97% of the time it's because of some type of human error, uh, whether it's malicious or whether it's, in, uh, whether it's external, whether it's internal, whether it's by accident, it doesn't matter. Humans are involved in these recovery situations. So that's when we started leveraging kind of the human angle of it and, and our organization saw significant growth when we started talking more about the people. This report this year versus previous years actually starts going into different vehicles because people can be a weakness in many, many different ways. And in 2018, you know, we started really paying attention to, it's not just opening an attachment in an email, although that is one of the, the, the easiest ways to, to sucker employees into downloading something, uh, some type of malware. Um, but there are USB keys are dangerous. There's, there's been um, ransomware attacks from internet sites. Uh, so there's, there's many, many different ways in which humans are vulnerable. And you have to, you have to let them understand that the criminals that are out there are going to leverage every angle they possibly can to get people to do something stupid. So they are going to continue to get smarter and better and wiser at this stuff, and they're going to continue to use all these different vehicles. The second part of the kind of the human angle to this, which is probably the most important part, and any, any MSP that's being told that you're too expensive, your, your costs are too high, I can't afford to do this, this is where mm -hmm. you bring up the cost of downtime. And, and there's a couple of pages in the report as well that speak specifically about downtime. Now, the average ransomware attack was for 4,300 US dollars. The average amount of downtime cost for the, same, for the same attack is 10 times higher than that. So the whole idea that you could uh, be, you, could, you might have to pay ransom, you know, that would suck. The problem is, and what they're not thinking about, is that if the downtime 
that's actually impacting the business, which is 10 times more. We give a specific example in this report, which was the city of Atlanta. They had a very significant ransomware attack uh, earlier this year. Uh, the actual attack itself was only for $51,000. Uh, however, the entire government was down for five days. They couldn't fill in any reports. They couldn't use their systems. They literally had a bunch of employees sitting at home waiting for the systems to come back online. Uh, crime in the city actually uh, has documented it's gone up because the police uh, have to fill in paperwork, like actual paperwork, as opposed to the before where they just type it in. So, you know, they were uh, misdemeanors were kind of going up where people were just kind of ignoring them uh, simply because they didn't want to go through the process of filling in paperwork. So they lost five days of productivity. Uh, at that point, they were out about $9.5 million in lost productivity. Proximity. To this day, they're still trying to recover from it, bring some systems online, recover data, the amount of time and expertise they've had to hire. They're now uh, up to about $17 million in losses, and that's continuing to grow. So as an MSP, you're looking at this going, yeah, it's a $51,000 ransomware attack. Sure, it's the city of Atlanta. But you could translate this to any small business that's out there and go, look, these are the problems that you're potentially going to have. Downtime, lost data, lost productivity of your employees, uh, they have to restart certain things, you know, and that's where the human element also comes in. But again, mm -hmm. if you're an MSP and you're being told you're too expensive, bring up stories like what Atlanta's going through. And I've got a million of these ones here where you can actually mm -hmm. just tell stories about how much time you're going to lose based on human productivity. And that's where this whole idea that your MSP service is too expensive, yeah, that argument will stop real quick. Yeah. Um, and the report really does a great job of sort of explaining the costs and the pain. And one of the things that I learned from the webinar also was it's not the best, sort of like you said before, it's not the best to pay the ransom even though it's so low because they'll keep coming back. CompTIA's Community Forum is a one-of-a-kind industry gathering for both the highly engaged member and those new to CompTIA loaded with content and activities designed to improve our industry, our businesses, and ourselves. Save the date for CCF 2019, coming up March 11th through 13th, 2019, in Chicago. So we know the costs, we know the effects, we know what can go terribly wrong and what can be very detrimental, but what do MSPs do about it and what can an MSP do to make sure that they protect their customers? So talk a little bit about prevention. Um, and is that possible? Is that even something we can attain? Prevention absolutely. from a ransomware attack? Yeah, absolutely. Well, okay, so prevention, it's a whole stack, okay? So as a managed service provider, here's the beautiful thing. A lot of what you guys are already selling out there right now is the stuff that is needed. Uh, it's the anti-spam, anti-malware, anti-virus all on the front end. You need to have good, um, uh, obviously good solid backups in the back end. You need to be able to virtualize an environment so that you uh, can keep the environment up and going while you solve or re-image a server uh, to eliminate the downtime. But all of these are part of the same security stack conversation. Add in uh, education because that is going to be another massive piece, and it's the value add that solution providers bring to the table is the fact that you know more about this than the average end user does. Um, as a matter of fact, one of the stats that we pulled out in the survey says that only 36% of small businesses are actually worried about a ransomware attack. That's a huge issue. 
because yeah. it, that means that they don't understand the ramifications, and by the time it's going to happen, it's going to be too late. So this is where the opportunity lies, again, for the channel. And that education piece, that's that gooey piece in the middle here, is making sure that you know, you're testing the environments, you're constantly going in there, being the value-added uh, expert on this stuff. As a matter of fact, I've actually been, been just recently, as we continue to see this trend towards security becoming bigger and bigger in our industry, um, I've kind of been talking to a few MSPs, ones that have been very successful at it and asking what they're doing. And, and literally all they're doing is going out to their community and being a cybersecurity expert and just talking about this stuff and what it means and re in like real layman's terms. And it's not just about generating business. It's not just about getting in front of your prospects. Like literally being a subject matter expert for your community, there's so much value in doing that and ultimately business will flow to you as a result. So um, there's lots that can be done and all basically package it all up as a security offering. You can charge a little bit more for it. And then, you know, that ultimately is the, the way to uh, prevent and be able to recover uh, and be able to really have intelligent conversations around security and ransomware. And mm -hmm. uh, those things do work. Yeah, I love that you mentioned how it is a whole stack. There is no silver bullet. Unfortunately, yeah. right, for a lot of people, we'd love to have a silver bullet. But I think mm -hmm. that's where the real um, opportunity lies for MSPs, where um, being an expert doesn't mean you have the prescription, like that one prescription. Correct. Being an expert means that they understand the technology. You, you mentioned that they're already putting a lot of these things together. They're stitching it together. Um, maybe they need to figure out how to bolt on that education piece and, that, and then add their own secret sauce, right? Every MSP has their own value that they need to add. But it's not going to be something that they're just going to hand, be handed or hand to a customer. It is a complete conversation and a relationship that they have to have. Um, and then I really love where you bring in, you know, sort of that giving back to the community. And you know, this is a, a, an amazing community that we um, are, are um, benefited to, to be able to be a part of, which is the MSP community. And they do give back in a lot of ways, and they do want to make things better. So I love that you Absolutely. bring that up as well. But the opportunity is that being an expert and sort of living in that space for a while. So I think that's just such wise, wise advice. Yes, um, absolutely. There, I totally agree with that. There is so much gold in this report. I hope that everybody listening here goes out and downloads it. Uh, you can go to datto.com, and if you click on the resource library, it's front and center right there. Um, now, I'm sure it'll be up there for a while. It sounds like this is something regular that they do. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, this is the new normal, and it's so pervasive. Um, but this really is um, an opportunity for MSPs, and we definitely want listeners to take hold of this opportunity. Um, so thank you, Rob, for, for being with us today. Um, thank you, Datto, for providing us. I mean, it's not um, a small job to pull off a survey this big. This is really, really awesome, awesome data. So thank you. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity to talk about it. It's something we're very proud of. And, and again, it's, it's designed for the community. There's no, none of our branding is on it. It's all designed to be white labeled so that the MSP can use it regardless of what organizations, what vendors, what services they're selling. So definitely encourage everybody to get it. And thanks for the opportunity to talk about it.
That's perfect. That's perfect. What a great talk. Um, if you guys like this discussion, you're definitely going to love the other topics in our CompTIA Managed Services community podcast called Breaking Barriers. So go ahead and subscribe. And um, this is where we help managed service providers break through barriers in their business so they can hit their growth goals and their profitability goals. So thanks again, Rob, with Datto. Um, this was a fantastic report. Everybody go out and get it, datto.com in the resource library, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Breaking Barriers with the Managed Services Community. You can find more episodes and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you find your favorite podcasts.